like to welcome everybody uh, this afternoon. Uh, you got your walk in, I trust, and uh, sort of some good food for lunch. And uh, now an opportunity to kind of think again about some specific programs that may be helpful from a ministry standpoint. Pick a chair, any chair, they're not saved, so. Does the volume need to go up a little more? Or maybe up on the shirt? Well, can't go up too much. I uh, laid out on the uh, uh, chairs for you a uh, piece of paper that I wanted to start with. I, I suppose it's a handout. Our format this afternoon will go something like this. Uh, I am going to share just a few opening comments and then an introduction to a new program that is almost out. It's not quite here. And then uh, Dina and her team are going to uh, cover the Coronary Health Improvement Project, what can be done uh, in communities with that particular tool. And then I'm going to spend a little time uh, at the end talking about uh, uh, using the DIGMA tool to uh, uh, do lifestyle medicine dealing with chronic disease, in particular uh, type 2 diabetes. So this will be a little bit of tag team, and I, I trust that you'll uh, find it of interest. <clears throat> uh, this morning, uh, in this room, I guess there were a couple of uh, presentations about uh, sharing Christ in our marketplace, in our uh, office, in our church, with uh, very much spiritually focused programs. Uh, it is, it's my understanding that this little block is uh, aimed at more health-focused programs uh, that aren't quite so overtly uh, spiritual. Is that your understanding as well? I uh, felt a little bad when I saw that because I think that what happens in these lifestyle change programs is uh, a, an incredible introduction, I like to say, uh, to the salvation process without theological baggage. <laughs> and uh, to kind of help make that point, I would like to read a couple of the statements there in the handout that we've uh, laid out for you. The first one is, uh, or at the top there, it says, Our gracious Heavenly Father sees the deplorable condition of men who, some knowingly, but many ignorantly, are living in violation of the laws that he has established. And in love and pity to the race, he causes the light to shine upon health reform. He publishes his law and the penalty that will follow the transgression of it, that all may learn and be careful to live in harmony with natural law. He proclaims his law so distinctly and makes it so prominent that it is like a city set on a hill. All accountable beings can understand it if they will. And this is an interesting uh, uh, line. Idiots will not be responsible. I mean, <laughs> it was interesting. I was surprised to see it there. To make plain natural law and urge the obedience of it is the work that accompanies the third angel's message to prepare a people for the coming of the Lord. There's something about teaching people the cause and effect relationship of natural law that is saying something about our Creator. 
And I have discovered that as people learn to obey natural law, they're learning to obey the Creator. It's a wonderful little twist. And as they experience the healing that comes from obedience to the laws of health, they are experiencing the salvation process without the theological baggage that they may have heard in church. So to me it is a powerful tool and I have seen it over and over again as people make the changes, their minds and spirits open up to spiritual things. To make plain natural law and urge the obedience, obedience of it is the work that accompanies the third angel's message to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. The next one is uh, a statement about... Uh, <clears throat> how to reach out and touch people for Jesus. Uh, Ellen White has some powerful, thing, powerful things to say about that, uh, that the, the Christian physician has a, uh, an obligation. I mean, there is an absolute need that the Christian physician, the Adventist Christian physician, reach out and teach people about Jesus. The next question then is, what's the best way to do that? And in that context, uh, this uh, par uh, next paragraph from Medical Ministry 188.5 uh, comes. The physician will find uh, that it is for his present and eternal good to follow the Lord's way with suffering humanity. The mind that God has made, he can mold without the power of man, but he honors men by asking them to cooperate with him in this great work. When the Spirit of God works on the mind of the afflicted one and he inquires for truth, let the physician work for the precious souls as Christ would work for it. I learned something here that I think is very important and uh, I have found, uh, I've been using as a guide in my own life. You know, we really can't force spirituality on people. What I want to know is when the Spirit is moving on that person, right? When the Spirit is moving, then it's time for me to step in. Not with uh, the doctrine, you know, you're going to go to hell if, or you're not going to hell, or whatever it may be. But with the, uh, with the statements and an understanding of the love of Christ for the individual. How do you know when the Spirit of God is moving? According to this statement and some others, you know the Spirit is moving when they ask questions. So uh, uh, that's kind of the guiding light that I look for. How do I know when the Spirit of God is moving on people's hearts? It says, do not urge upon him any special doctrine, but point him to Jesus as a sin-pardoning Savior. Angels of God will make impressions on the human mind. Some will refuse to be illuminated by the light which God would let shine into the chambers of the mind and unto the soul temple. But many will respond to the light. And from these minds, every form of deception and error will be swept away. So I, I thought those might be of some interest to you as they have been uh, kind of guiding uh, for myself. Uh, my name is uh, George Guthrie. Uh, my wife, Dina, and I are leading out in the seminar. May we have a little word of prayer to begin? Our Father in heaven, we are thankful for your goodness, uh, for your spirit that still moves upon hearts as it moved upon the waters at the time of creation. You have the ability to move upon the waters and bring forth light and to create life in lives that seem 
without form and void. As we seek to work with you in this healing ministry, we ask that you will help us to understand, to lead us into truth, that we may be lights in our community and making a difference for you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, first, a little bit about uh, creation health. Have you all heard of creation health? Anybody heard of creation health? Okay. Uh, we're on the West Coast, and most people on the West Coast have heard about New Start, nutrition, exercise, water, sunshine, what's the T? Temperance, <laughs> A, air, R, rest, and T, trust in divine power. New start. Uh, it, it so happens that uh, the folks at Florida Hospital were uh, challenged. They had decided to put in a bid uh, with Disney to build their hospital. Have you all heard of Celebration, the little town that Disney built to be kind of the ideal town? Well, they wanted a hospital that was a little different than other places. And so they put up some bids, and Florida Hospital was considered. The uh, fellow who uh, was in charge of Disney at that time was a, name, a fellow by the name of Michael Eisner, who is a, a Jew. And they were warned, apparently Disney board was warned about Adventists, and they said, well, can you show us your health message without using Ellen White or the New Testament? <laughs> Uh, so a group of the leaders uh, got together and said, what can we come up with, kind of thought leaders. Uh, and they came up with this creation. It's really a neat sort of an acronym when you think about it. Uh, if you think about the secular mind, creation and recreation are positive terms. From a Christian standpoint, we immediately think the creation of the world. We're creationists. And it builds upon that, in essence, but is uh, the, the secular mind is open to it. Uh, the C stands for choice. Do you like it? I like it because there's, it says there's good choices, there's bad choices. There are cause and effect relationships in our lives. There are the laws of God. And we have a choice as to whether we're going to obey those laws in the realm of health and other areas as well. So the first thing that people are called to is choice. Uh, following uh, choice is rest. And this particular program is very overt. It doesn't, it talks about uh, the daily rest. It talks about our need to take rest breaks in our day, little vacations, bigger vacations, and also the rest week, the week cycle, and encourages people to take that cycle. It doesn't uh, talk about the seventh-day Sabbath in particular, but it definitely points out the benefits of the weekly cycle. Then E is for environment. Environment stands for a variety of things, but uh, air, water, and sunlight. They all come under environment, as well as other things, such as the, uh, the modern kind of notion of we need to take care of our environment, as well as what about your environment at work, your environment at home? Do you keep a neat home? I mean, those types of things also come into environment. Then A is for activity, exercise not just of the body, but also of the uh, mind. T is for trust, and this is not trust in a higher power, it is definitely trust in God, and it's very clear. Um, I, I, I was 
really pleasantly surprised how powerful it was on we have a heavenly father who cares for us and we need to learn to trust him uh, so uh, that's uh, and interpersonal relationships how do we get along with each other outlook has to do with negative and positive things hope do you have hope are you a pessimist are you an optimist and then n is nutrition now, we, woven through all of them is nutrition. For example, there's nutrition in activity, okay? There is, a, all of them are kind of woven through all of them. The program comes something like this. Uh, this is the packet. I just, we got this package two weeks ago. Uh, and this has the DVDs in it. There's one DVD for each program. There are, um, uh, let's see, uh, if you'd like to stop by and have a closer look at it, it'll be at the uh, chip booth. We have Monica Reed is one of the uh, uh, speakers on the DVD. Monica Reed is the, I think I, think I get this right, CEO or, uh, of Celebration Hospital. Uh, very nice uh, African-American lady. Des Cummings, I call him Vice President of Dreams or Senior Vice President of Dreams. You know, kind of how do we reach out and make a difference. Winnie King is... Uh, the host of PBS Keeping Kids Healthy uh, does a couple of them. Uh, and then yours truly uh, actually does a couple. So uh, that that's a, uh, was a, neat, a unique opportunity. The program has DVDs. It has PowerPoint slides. One could run just with the DVDs or one can run with the PowerPoint slides with the DVD. So the, power, the PowerPoint slide runs along, then you hit play on the DVD and the next section runs. You stop it when it gets to the end of that section, you do some PowerPoints and then you hit the DVD again. So it can be uh, partitioned up that way. There is a workbook and I, am, uh, I was editing the um, uh, fifth of the eighth on the way out on the plane. So we're getting very close uh, to having that workbook available. Uh, done in Florida hospital style with real high quality. We're thankful for that. Uh, then uh, there are some adult learning type activities that come after each program, including something to try to make this stick in people's minds. Uh, it was kind of fun designing some adult learning type things where uh, people get together, if it's a large group, break up in groups of four and then share with each other. And then that sharing engenders some further sharing with a larger group. Could be done in a home with a few people, could be done in a larger group where people are sharing with each other. Then uh, each night, uh, everybody has an accountability card. An accountability card is, uh, there's a place to put the name and telephone number and time of uh, the person in your group of four who you're responsible for contacting every day this week and asking the questions on the back. There are eight different questions on the back, one for each of the creation hell. So it's a way of kind of extending the experience through the week and uh, making it grow during the full eight-week period. I thought that uh, we would uh, show you the uh, three-minute introductory DVD so you get a sense of at least uh, that particular piece of it. And I'm going to turn the, the uh, uh, time over to uh, Dina. It's, uh, the uh, uh, video is the uh, high definition, so it'll, it should show uh, very well, uh, done by a professional team. You know, uh, the... CHIP program and the Wellspring Diabetes program are aimed at diseases. Uh, 
Uh, I like to call them lifestyle intervention programs. Take somebody with a significant disease, uh, for example, heart disease, you have a choice. Uh, this is what I tell my patients. You can have that stent, that bypass, or you can take intensive lifestyle intervention. And we don't ask for baby steps. We ask for total immersion. Give it, give it two months, give it one month, and give it everything. We're gonna do everything we can to bring about health. And it can make a tremendous difference. The instructions that we have from Ellen White are that we encourage people to make changes slower. And this has bothered some people. Why are you encouraging people to make such big changes when our, the recommendation is we make slow changes? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever read that? Well, the reason we make intensive changes in the CHIP program and in the Wellspring Diabetes program is because it's an emergency. You have people who are very sick. This program is aimed at the general population, and you heard it. It's not, uh, you need to do this, you need to do this. It's, there are gradual changes that you can make. You can, to borrow a phrase from Ellen White, have something better. Ellen White tells us to offer something better. And that's what this is all about, making better choices. Slow and gradual, getting commitment and, and buy-in into it. Uh, and it's, it's well done from that standpoint. Any questions or comments? about creation health. We're doing a training at the North American Division Health Summit this year. Uh -huh. it's, it's kind of a peripheral question, but you were just mentioning CHIP and Wellspring yes. interventions specific to disease states. Yes. Um, is anybody that you know working, uh, an Adventist group working on a specific <coughs> program just targeted at obesity? Not that I know of. What I would do, if I, to do that in my program, what I would do would take the CHIP model uh, or what I'm doing with the Wellspring Diabetes and I would uh, borrow from uh, um, John McDougall. He's got quite a series that you could do in a digma sort of a way, that is, and we'll talk a little bit about the group medical appointment and how that works, or in a more educational uh, form like uh, what uh, uh, CHIP does. There was another question. 30 to 40 minutes. There are eight, one for each of the creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. So the thought is once a week for, a, uh, for eight weeks. So it's a two-month kind of journey. And because of the call for, you're not just sitting and watching, they're called to actually interact and do some adult learning. And then this, uh, acti this uh, accountability card that helps the process consider continue during the week when they're not with you. We're, what, we need to get things in the workbook, and you should be able to get the workbook. I don't know how exactly how the cards are going to come, but uh, all the materials should be ready by February. We're just on the cusp. I just got these. We got the first set of DVDs two weeks ago. This is kind of one of the first ones. Yes. The workbooks, there will be a charge. It's my understanding that it'll just be those workbooks that one will be charged for, and those could be, you know, so are to be sold to the uh, participants. Yes. When Celebration Hospital decided to do this, what was the purpose? Was it, or did you 
The, the Celebration Hospital was the, uh, and, and the opportunity to build that hospital was the nidus for the thought process that led to creation. Florida Hospital has adopted now Creation Health as a central, uh, I guess, a central piece of their mission. And they're trying to push this and as a way of bringing lifestyle into everything they do. The leadership at Florida Hospital is very anxious to have lifestyle a part of their mission. Uh, that hospital in, in celebration has become a, uh, a place for new technology, the latest in robot surgery and all that stuff. When someone has a new piece of equipment, they send it to Celebration Hospital, and it's there that the training happens. So docs come from all over the country to get their training there. It is a technology hub. They also want to add the lifestyle piece to that. And there's been some fits and starts, but that's the dream that they're moving towards. And Creation Health is kind of the centerpiece of that. A little stronger on the East Coast because it's closer, but I think it's an excellent program that could be used well anywhere. Okay, I need to uh, step down and turn this over to Dina. You need to come over here where the wires are. Really? I don't have to stay over here? Yeah, unless you take the wire That's with you. That's a problem. <laughs> can the wire cut? Yeah, it's not too far. The side, You've got a tail. Here's the other one. Okay. If you'll switch it over while I... If I the computer. Yeah. Thank you for your patience as we do our little swap here. We are expecting technology uh, glitches. glitches. <laughs> so if everything goes well, we'll be surprised. It's always safer that way, isn't it? I'd like to see the hands of those of you who have actually been involved in or run a CHIP program. All right. May I see leaders stand? I would like to see you stand if you don't mind. Those people who have actually helped to lead out in CHIP programs, please turn around and take a look because these are the people that you're going to want to connect with. Um, is Bill, Dr. Bill Dysinger in the room? I know he has run one as well. I was counting in my mind this morning when I wakened at about 5 o'clock uh, Eastern time, you know, we're carrying it over here. The number of people that have been involved in running CHIP programs that are right here at this uh, AMEN event, and I was surprised at how many I could tick off. So there's a lot of folks here that you can talk with and find out how did it go back in your community, what worked and what didn't, why did you run it, and do you plan to keep running it? And I think most of them will answer, yes, we do plan to keep running it. Uh, while George is getting us hooked up here, uh, I know it's distracting looking at all those boring things, but still it is distracting on the screen. But let me just give you a quick overview. This is a zip overview of um, how CHIP got started. Hans Diel got his Doctorate of Health Science at Loma Linda University back when I was working on my graduate degree there in the early 70s. He ended up going down to Nathan Pritikin's program, uh, the Longevity Center down in, where was it, Long Beach or something like that? And he was amazed at what he discovered down there, got involved as, as one of their research experts to find out what are the statistics on the people who are finishing up this program. Is it really working the way they say it does? Not only did he discover that it was working, but it was working very, very well. Some of the stories that came out of that center, I'm sure some of you have heard, and they are outstanding. He decided that he would like to branch out on his own and see what he could do with lifestyle medicine. 
So he went around as a solo operation from here to there, putting on lifestyle events, and eventually ended up calling them CHIP, the Coronary Health Improvement Project. That actually got started up in Canada on a very snowy winter's night in Creston, BC. That night, 400 people came out in that little town to get involved in that CHIP program. And the results a month later were absolutely astounding. And from there, the thing has ignited and grown very rapidly. At one time, Hans was in Australia, and his series was filmed. And the films were then taken, and the idea grew that, hey, why don't we offer these through Adventist churches or other churches or even in corporations and make this available where Hans can't be present. So that idea caught fire. Well, very quickly, Hans was inundated with too much to do, and it became evident that he needed support if he was going to help this thing really grow within the Adventist church, and that's where his heart was uh, most specifically, but he couldn't manage it all. So the Adventist Chip Association was born. I represent a nonprofit corporation, a 501c3 incorporated in the state of Oklahoma. We are Healthy Choices, Inc., and we're doing business as, right now, the Adventist Chip Association. And our task is to help you put chip in your church. Uh, Hans Deal deals with other denominations. He deals with corporations and hospitals and others that are trying to put on the program. We're the only health education program in the Adventist Church that has funded research proving the efficacy of the program. In the little red packet that you received earlier, if George, if you could hand me that one right under there, please. There is a magazine called Absolute Advantage. And I hope you'll take an opportunity to take a look at this. Absolute Advantage is uh, the workplace wellness magazine that featured CHIP and only CHIP in one of its uh, special issues. And you will discover here some of the outstanding results of that research. We've been published in many peer-reviewed journals, including the American Journal of Cardiology, uh, the American Journal of Preventive Medicine, and a host of others, Dietetic Association. I'm not remembering all of them right now, but I believe they're listed here, and they're certainly on our website. So we've given, uh, Hans Deal has given this magazine to you in the hopes that you'll take a look at it. As some of you are well aware, about 75% of what walks into the average family practice or internal medicine office is a lifestyle disease problem, right? about 75% of it. There's 25% out there where we, need, uh, where we need surgeries for orthopedic accidents, and you know, there's, there's many other problems, but about 75% of the problems that plague our health system in this country are lifestyle related. And I am so excited for programs like Celebration Health, like CHIP, like Wellspring Diabetes and Eight Weeks to Wellness and Win Well and so many of these that are actually addressing this. And the good news is that you don't have to be a physician, you don't have to be a nurse or a nurse practitioner to run these programs back at home base. These can be run by organized, loving, um, people-oriented uh, individuals who maybe never took anything in the field of health education. So that's very exciting for me. But it isn't just because we're trying to address that 75% of what walks into your offices that I'm involved in CHIP. My largest reason for being involved in this and what's kept me driving at it for the last 10 years or more 
is a statement um, by Ellen White that I dearly love. This is not in your handouts, but you might want to jot down the reference. It's uh, volume four of the Testimonies, page 553. Those who are willing to inform themselves concerning the effects of sinful indulgences upon the health and who commence the work of reform, even if it be from selfish motives, in so doing, place themselves where the truth of God may find access to their hearts. Isn't that powerful? I, I just find that so encouraging. If I never said a word about my faith, and I do look for every opportunity in my CHIP programs to do that in an appropriate way, but if I never said a word, minds are being cleared out and the Holy Spirit has easier access. The only reason that you and I have any business running these programs is that piece of the brain that lies right behind the forehead. Otherwise, it's all for loss. It's to try to get this part of our mind back in gear, back into relationship, first of all, with God and then in relationship with the people around us. We have, for example, discovered uh, through one piece of research in a doctoral study that the CHIP program had a significant impact on people who are suffering from depression. There was a marked improvement in depression. So it works on the human mind all the way around. And to me, that is absolutely thrilling. If you will pull out this uh, sheet that has this cover on it, we're going to walk through this real quickly here in the next few minutes and give you a brief orientation to what CHIP is all about. Our mission statement, if you don't mind reading this out loud with me, it'll help you wake up. It's so hard to stay awake after lunch. If you need to stand up and stretch around the sides of the room, I won't be offended at all because I know it, this is that sleepy time of day. Let's read this out loud together, the mission statement. To provide a church-sponsored, scientifically sound community health program that will bring healing to the whole person body, mind, and soul, create lasting friendships for the church, and stimulate interest in the larger picture of Bible truth. We have in our programs a very special feature that I love. Every night, the people who come to your program sit at the same table with the same host or hostess. And you've handpicked as the director that host or hostess who's sitting at that table. That person makes friends with the people at their table. And fairly soon, they find out that that host or hostess is praying for them and encouraging them along their journey. So talk about friendship evangelism at its best. I feel that that is one of its finest features. And once the program is over, those same table hosts do their best to stay in touch with the people that were at that table. They have their phone numbers, they give them regular calls, they get, a, they get together on a picnic, or that host encourages them to get back to the regular alumni meetings. CHIP is four or five weeks of intensive lifestyle change. And I'll tell you right up front, I do not know of another program out there that takes as much time, that's as complicated, and that costs as much as CHIP, okay? I'm gonna just tell you that right up front. It's time consuming, it's intense, and it's kind of expensive compared to most of the programs out there. That's just the facts of the program. And maybe when we get through in the next few minutes, you'll see why it has all of those features. But I would encourage you to remember that the cost of going to a lifestyle center 
in this country is pretty steep. The cheapest one I know of is two or three thousand dollars. Am I right? I think something like that. And they they rock skyrocket from there up to ten, twenty thousand dollars for a month-long program. You're going to be looking at megabucks. Not only that, but the person who's taking the program has to leave work. So they've lost the money over here. Well, hope, I mean, and believe me, I believe in lifestyle centers. I love them. I encourage people to go to them. We encourage our chip people who can afford it to go. But there's some people who just can't afford it. And they can't get the time off from work, and they, or they can't afford it financially. So there's that feature of the cost. We feel that it is a highly cost-effective program with very similar results to in-house programs, intensive in-house lifestyle programs. And, um, and then in addition to that, these people who are working the program in their community have you as an ongoing resource person. They're learning to clean out their refrigerator and their pantry while they've got you as a support and they're coming back on a monthly basis for ongoing support. So, and they're developing a whole network of new friends who are all living the same lifestyle. We discovered with our program that at the end of the program, with our alumni meetings, people would come back together. It was almost like a family reunion. It was just the limit. It's like, oh, I'm back where you, I'm understood, and, and where I can get my battery recharged, because it's kind of tough out there in the world to live the kind of a lifestyle that we're encouraging people to live. But as George pointed out earlier, we are introducing people to an intensive lifestyle change whose blood pressures may be sky high, who may be sitting on the edge of a coronary or a stroke. And so we encourage them to jump in with both feet, give it everything they've got for a period of 30 days, and then measure the results. Okay, let me just take you briefly through the components of the program. We start right out with a free information session see if my little clicker is working here. Uh, here's an information session in process. This one is in Lodi, California, where George and Irma Chen are holding forth with our largest. I think to date you've probably graduated far more people than any of the other programs <laughs> combined at this point. I think their smallest program has had not less than 100 people in it, and it's gone all the way up to 100 and 168. I have no idea how to manage that many people. My largest class was 34, and I could hardly deal with it. So anyway, the programs definitely vary in size from very small to very large. At an information session, people are given a good overview of what they can expect in the program. They're told exactly what uh, they're going to be doing and that there's going to be blood tests at the beginning, blood tests at the end. Uh, we're going to be checking their cholesterol, triglycerides, their high density, low density, the ratio, and the fasting blood sugar. So they know that that's what's coming. They know that they can expect about a 10 to 20 percent drop in their cholesterol, that nearly everybody gets a real uh, drop in their, in their uh, blood sugars, that they need to stay very close to their physicians throughout this program. We do not take the place of their personal physician. We make that abundantly clear right from the beginning. This is to be done in, in close cooperation with your physician. Don't make medication changes without working with your physician. At that time, we introduce them to the supplies that they'll be getting, and I'd just like to walk you through what comes in their pack of supplies. They receive a syllabus called Reversing disease with fork and knife. This has some scientific articles in it. And in addition, 
It has all of their reading material assignments and some quiz questions to listen for the answers to with every, of the vi every one of the 16 videos. So there's that. There is a textbook and a workbook called Dynamic Living. This has been now translated, by the way, into 16 languages, uh, but probably you'll only be using English because unfortunately at this time the DVD set only comes in English. Then uh, there is a cookbook called uh, Optimal Diet. The second edition with some significant corrections is coming out shortly. We had hoped to have it available by this December, but we're not quite going to make it. They get the same Absolute Advantage magazine that you received. They receive a little booklet called Jumpstart. I don't like the title of this. Uh, so, well, some people call it Jerk Start because it really is quite a jump. But it's called the Seven Day Cleansing <coughs> Plan. Sounds a little odd, but really what it's doing is cleansing the fat and the high salt and the high sugar out of the diet. By the time they've gone through seven days of this simple, simple diet, they are ready for just about anything you serve them and it tastes good. So that's <laughs> part of the genius behind Jumpstart. Oh, the funniest thing, this thing it used to not be quite as clear as it is today. The first day, two days for example, have brown rice, seven grain cereal and fruit. Well, it used to just say seven grain cereal moistened with water or fruit juice. And it didn't say to cook it. And one of, one of our dear chippers came to the end of my first class, and I hadn't even been, I hadn't even looked at this book when I first started the class. And uh, I didn't realize what it said and didn't say in there. She came to the end and she says, you know, I wasn't going to tell you this, but this thing said I had to have seven grain cereal moistened with fruit juice. Well, we had the seven grain cereal. It didn't say to cook it. And the only juice I had in the house was lemon juice. <laughs> and she stayed with the program <laughs> to her great credit. <laughs> I don't know how she choked it down. But anyway, <laughs> this book works really great. And we, we adapt this for diabetics. They don't do the first two days because the high glycemic index of those fruits and grains is just too much for their blood sugar. So we jump them right into the foods that are more, uh, more beans and, and um, greens. Getting Started is a little booklet that they receive with their lab results. And this gives them a clear understanding of what are triglycerides. You may tell them up front, but adults don't learn very well just by hearing stuff. They need to see it, interact with it, and so forth. So they go home with this, what's diabetes, how do I get it down, how's this program going to help? This answers lots of questions, what is cholesterol, and so forth. Uh, they get a little book, a pamphlet called The Optimal Diet. We encourage them to cut off Hans Steele's picture, turn it around, and put this on their refrigerator, which is a reminder of what to increase their, what they need to eat more of and what they need to eat less of. And uh, there's a brand new water bottle. This is the old one. This is an embarrassing bottle that the lid doesn't fit on, but the new one is quite nice to remind them to drink plenty of water. And um, maybe some of you have seen the little booklet, Take Charge of Your Health. That's in there with lots of encouraging stories. Then at the very end of the program, they, at the graduation time, and we don't show this at the information session, they receive a little pin. Uh, it's a little chip pin that lapel pin that fits on, and then a kitchen knife um, that says Dr. Hans Deal Chip. And this is to remind them whatever they're cutting up needs to be chip approved. And Hans tells them you've got to be very, very careful because if this knife ever, ever touches cholesterol, 
it will explode. So <laughs> it's a loaded German gun. <laughs> anyway, those are the things that they receive when they come through the program. And in the information session, it's a one-hour event. It's free. You explain everything about the program. You show them an 11-minute DVD, which I won't take the time to show here, which basically walks them through what they can expect as they go through. And then they can decide if they want to sign up or not. I learned something. Don't try to pick green fruit. So if they walk out of my information session, this is too much of that or whatever, they're just not ready for this, that's fine. I just thank them so much for coming, remind them that we're having some more information sessions because we usually run six or seven of these and, and during a two weeks just before the program begins. And if they're interested uh, in bringing a family member or friend back, they're welcome. Or if they want to go home and think about it and come back and sign up later, they're welcome to. At the information session, they sign up for the heart screen. <clears throat> oh, here's Irma at a free information session. At least that's what I pretend it is. Here's the registration table at the free information station. There's lots of forms that they get. I don't, I'm not going to drag you through all of those. Probably the most important is, one is called the lifestyle evaluation form. And this is something that they take home and fill out in detail it helps you to understand what kind of lifestyle they're living, and then you can give feedback on this form. They get one copy, one copy goes to their physician, and you keep a copy in your file along with the lab results, okay? So that that is a before and after indicator of how well they are doing. So this here is uh, the registration form, and they, they fill out these forms as well. Then next comes heart screen. Heart screen is uh, usually a couple of days after your last information session. Turn to the second page and this will give you an idea of where everything is fitting that I'm talking about right now. You can see we've got two, four, six free information sessions and then we've allowed one day between the last information session and the heart screen so that we can make sure we have enough blood vials ordered from the lab. We always work with the laboratory and their phlebotomist whenever possible. Please don't bring in somebody you know who thinks they are pretty good at doing uh, uh, labs. You want to make sure that you're bringing in somebody who knows, has done this frequently. Then, free and, uh, I'm sorry, heart screen. Here we are on heart screen morning. Uh, they go from one station to the next. There's, they get their blood pressure checked and their pulse. They have um, a weigh, they're weighed in and blood is drawn. There's a counseling station where they can talk to the physician or the nurse practitioner or if you don't have one of those, somebody else who's able to do well at this. Just what are your goals and expectations? It's just a five minute interview to find out what they expect to get out of the program. And then we serve them a wonderful breakfast. And we make that breakfast beautiful. This is low-dice breakfast. We put out a few familiar things like the Cheerios there, and we just make it look gorgeous. This is their first encounter with chip food. So this event happens in the morning, and this whole event then is repeated at the end of the program. Then we begin the class sessions. <clears throat> class sessions are, uh, I've got one full class session here in your little kit so that you can get an idea of what a class session looks like. It's facilitator guideline number two. <clears throat> it goes all the way through to cooking with whole grains. This is, there's 16 of these, 
And this is the guide that you as a director or whoever's running the program uses as a script for the night-by-night -night programs. The first page is a full outline of how to set up for the program for that evening. And then there is uh, broken down by time segments exactly what to do night-by-night. We have something brand new that has just come out called the chip PowerPoints. You'll notice here on page two, it says water, welcome water and water demonstration. We have that little demonstration and then down where it says notes to share, those notes are now on a powerful little PowerPoint presentation. So that's very helpful in the, in the whole um, presentation of the program. Let's just take a minute. Let me see if there's one more of that. This is another program in progress. You can see people here seated at tables. And the hostesses are dressed in the, in the green shirts. It's a wonderful friendship uh, building time. The, this is a team in Greenville, Tennessee. They're in the kitchen where their food samples are being prepared. We serve food samples almost every night of the program. They're small, they're attractive, they're tasty, and the recipes are generally right out of the cookbook that you have chosen for the program or the Optimal Diet Cookbook. In the Lodi program, they actually have a chef, Mark Gabries, who comes in and, and demonstrates how he made the recipe for that they're eating that evening. And some programs, this is from Wichita, actually will show how that recipe might be used in a full dinner meal. So it's just set out as a display. Those are just some ideas. Here's um, a beverage center where they can learn to eat, to drink those beverages that are not so highly caffeinated. Sometimes it's fun to get the kids involved. This is Linda Nelson at the Greenville, Dr. Linda Nelson. I think George came out and gave the, uh, we have skits and fun things that happen throughout the program that are interactive. This is a grocery bag skit or a lunch skit. And all of these ideas are, are packed right into your facilitator guidelines. This is a sugar demonstration. It's a lot of fun. We have a resource table available where they can actually purchase some of the things that they have no idea where to find in the grocery store. You'd be surprised how many people have never heard of lentils, for example, or soybeans, and where, what do they look like? Where do I find them in the grocery store? So we encourage a resource center that includes uh, extra cookbooks and tapes and videos that they might, or DVDs that they might want to take home. There's an exercise component to this program as well. We strongly encourage exercise because it is the most predictive factor as to whether people will stay with the lifestyle program on the long haul. Uh, every night they total up the number of miles at each table and uh, those miles are then translated to a map to show how far we've progressed as a group. And then the table that actually scored the highest in miles gets a little chip critter. And I just love this one from the Lodi program with his running shoes and his little sweatband and sweatpants. <laughs> He's really cute. I think those Build-A-Bears, I don't know where they, how they put this thing together, it was really darling. Uh, this one is a little chippy from the uh, program in Greenville. And the table that gets it that night is always very proud to have the little mascot at their table. So. During the program, we have something called nutrition workshops. Each night, we only spend about 10 minutes looking at the food sample, how we prepared it. It's just very short on dealing with the food part of it. It's too short, really, but it's all we have time for in this intensive program. 
So we encourage people to come out for two nutritional workshops, which are really a full-blown cooking school. But we call them workshops because men don't go to cooking schools, but the word workshop has a nice ring to it. And we invite them to come in on Sunday after church, bring their family, and each table prepares a full menu for that table. And that way they all get to try out the recipes that they, you don't cook for them, they cook for themselves, and then somebody up front does a nutrition, uh, um, well, actually does a cooking school, demonstrations and, of recipes and so forth. This, is, this one at this particular nutrition workshop, they turned it into a potluck instead of by the table. And people just really love experimenting with each other's recipes. When the recipes turn out, we're very proud of them. When they don't, we call them a chip wreck. And we all learn how to avoid that particular chip wreck. <laughs> okay, so it's a great learning experience. Shopping tours, take people through the local supermarkets and teach them through their own grocery store, you teach them how to pick out the good stuff. You don't point out the bad stuff because the market manager will never invite you back. But you definitely show them, where do I find the good stuff that I've been hearing about in this CHIP program? And they really appreciate that, that little extra bonus. Okay, let's just take a quick look at one of the videos. While George is plugging that in, the nutrition guidelines, the dietary guidelines for this program follow the um, facilitator guideline. I just wanted you to see what are the guidelines for chips. Some people say, so what can you eat? What do you not eat in this program? Here it is right here. Yes, we use a small amount of oil, a small amount of sugar, small amount of salt. These are not poisonous foods. We don't knock them out of the diet. And uh, in fact, if people want to go on using their skim milk, we avoid, the, we avoid the V word throughout the program. Vegetarian and vegan are not used. We talk about the plant-based diet. That's the important issue here. We try to fill up that plate with 30 grams of fiber, and by the time they filled up their plates with all that fiber, there isn't much room for the bad stuff anymore. So our goal is to push it off the edge of the plate, not to force it off the edge of the plate. We just gradually ease it off. And uh, as they come through, well, I shouldn't say gradually. Some people jump into this immediately, and they drop their meat immediately. But I have other people coming in who would never think of, um, have, of ever going off their meat. And by the time they get through with the program, they're avid vegans. I mean, they won't touch it anymore. So it's up to them. But CHIP is about choice, and it's about building friendships. That's our mantra. That is our mantra. It's definitely about choice. Okay. Yeah. Oh. What I'd like to show you here are just some video clips from the big uh, lecture series so that you can get a, a little idea of Hans's style. do? I think I touched something. <laughs> Aren't computers a blessing and a bane? <laughs> Sorry. You're in front of the picture right now. Oh. 
well, I don't know what we're going to do with this, but um, while George is figuring out, oh, do you have it? This thing in five or five thirty. Do you know? This is not working. Okay. I am so sorry. I've never hit that particular button before, and I don't know what I did wrong. But <laughs> I think we just finished up that. <laughs> anyway, he's a fascinating speaker with a slight German accent. And appreciate and enjoy him a lot. He's easy to listen to. The lectures are quite long. Um, some of them I've been known to trim just a tiny bit because I want a lot more live interaction. But for the most part, we want you to stay with the standard program. OK, uh, let's just look briefly at, well, I think we'll zip to the end here. Because does this end at 5 or 5.30? I want to give 5 o'clock. OK, I need to wrap this up fairly soon then. Anyway. CHIP is expensive. Take a quick look at the CHIP basic expense sheet. But if you compare this program to the cost of running or going to a lifestyle center, you will discover that it is very inexpensive. My participants who came through have repeatedly told me, you don't charge enough considering everything we got. Two heart screens at the beginning and the end, fairly intensive. All the materials, 16 lectures over four or five weeks. Um, interviews with a physician at each of the heart screens. It's just, it's amazing. All the food samples, the handouts, it's a, it's a big program and we feel like there is no reason to apologize for the cost. It does tend to attract people who are a little higher of means perhaps and who are a little better educated. That's been our experience. If your church wants to subsidize or create a, a um, what do you call it, a scholarship fund, that's fine. You can bring it, the price down a little bit lower. But here you can see approximately what it's going to cost you, exactly what it's going to cost you to put a person through the program, and then the registration fee, suggested registration fees. These last two sheets are simply who our organization is, and the very last one is an orientation to our website. You're welcome to go there and take a more intense look. Um, just briefly, I've asked those of you who have run a program to share with us why you have done it and what it has meant for your community. Uh, Keith and Esther, the Chens, Craig, Greg, would you be willing to just come up very briefly and just share with us what you have done with CHIP in your church? And uh, I'd like to hear what it's doing at Loma Linda University and um, how it has impacted your community. These are people who are veteran leaders, and I'm excited about uh, what's been happening back in their home churches. Hi, I'm Greg Steinke, and uh, yeah, I'm from Loma Linda University. I'm a family and preventive medicine resident in my third year now, and uh, I was originally introduced to CHIP uh, back in uh, Langley, British Columbia. Um, been par part of the CHIP program in our church. Uh, they've been running it there for at least seven, eight years now. Um, run probably 14, 15 programs by now. And uh, it was just, uh, it was really an inspiring thing for me originally in, med in uh, a college 
uh, to uh, become a volunteer, and it was that experience actually that was a real impetus for me to actually make a decision to go to medical school. Seeing the uh, lifestyle changes that the people were making, the weight loss, getting excited about their health, and uh, that's really what I've been pursuing ever since then, going through medical school and everything, is really um, finding a way to get people excited about their health. And uh, so that's, uh, in my own personal life, has, uh, CHIP has been a real, uh, a real positive influence for me. And uh, I mean, there's just numerous, numerous stories of people who have uh, had dramatic improvements in their own health. And I think it's a great program. Uh, Greg is the grandson of Sherman Nagel. Any of you know Sherman Nagel? Uh, many of you do, and uh, so he has a, a great heritage uh, from his grandfather in, in health education. Um, he also was involved with the uh, CHIP program in Loma Linda, right? First, first program there in which the students of Loma Linda were involved in the CHIP program. And, and, uh, so we get credit for that, I think, as well. Some kind of credit for that. Okay. Uh, my name is George Chen, and this is my wife, Irma. We're from Lodi. This is our Lodi CHIP program. Dr. Chen is an ophthalmologist there who has just retired or next just, year? Just retired. Just retired. Has yeah. been, worked at Weimar on their board for many years. 43 years in, in ophthalmology. And I was at Weimar at the very beginning, 1977 to 81. And we started the New Start program there. And we saw, quote, miracles of what happened when people changed their lifestyle. And when I was back in practice in ophthalmology in, in Lodi, I would see my patients come in with diabetes and uh, cholesterol and strokes. And, and I really didn't have the time to do health education. So we, when we heard about CHIP, about the video presentations, it just really sparked our, our desire to go ahead and do health education in in Lodi, and we've been doing that for 13 years, and uh, I've been helping my wife as she's been kind of directing the program. <laughs> so, uh, Irma, tell us about. He used to say, my patients are dying because of lack of knowledge, and I don't have the time to go back to what I was doing at Weimar. That was his, his heart desire to educate his patients. So when the CHIP program came along, he was all for it. And so from the beginning, he said, boy, this is going to be a lot of work. I said, let's have about 35 people. I'm into relationships. He goes, if we're going to do it, let's go for 100. That, that, was, that was our first argument with Chip. <laughs> Who, who's going to win? <laughs> first of many. Anyway, he won. He won. I gave in, but it's been great. You know, we had to stop the first time, 107, because I didn't have materials for them. We had to stop. Every year, then, they tell others we hardly have to do any advertising. And like Dina said, the highest we had was 168. Plus the staff, we were serving 225 people for the samples. It was a huge crowd, uh, almost too big for our room. Now we have a brand new uh, kitchen that the church has done, beautiful. And so uh, now we have more room. So the 
program continues, we are blessed with a fabulous, fabulous volunteer staff. And the people in our community are grateful for CHIP. Thank you. You can't do this program without a volunteer staff, believe me. Keith and Esther are from Brewster, Washington. Uh, we were missionaries on Guam together for several years, and so our friendship goes back quite a ways. And I'm thrilled that uh, they can be here. This is their first Amen conference. We're happy to be here, too. We've been very blessed by coming to Amen. Um, we are in a small rural community, um, and so we don't have place for 100 participants like they have in Lodi. Uh, and we get 20, 25 more similar to what programs Dina has run in the past. But it's been a real blessing for me as a physician because, number one, a lot of times in the office, either you don't have time to really do the health education that you'd like to do, although sometimes I still take it when I find somebody that's really interested. It kills my schedule, but... <laughs> <laughs> But nevertheless, uh, being able to refer my patients to CHIP uh, and have them go through it and then to see the changes that take place has been more rewarding to me than any part of my practice. And so I've really, really liked it. And CHIP is about relationships, about choices. And some of the people, you know, we don't talk about vegetarian, but everybody in our community knows that we emphasize vegetarian or even vegan type diet. And I had one patient recently, one uh, actually, uh, one of the personnel from the hospital saying, Dr. Hansen, I don't know if I can do that vegetarian thing. And I said, listen, you don't have to worry about that. He says, all you, you can eat whatever you want when you come to CHIP. And so she said, well, I'll give it a really try. And <clears throat> after a month, and, and it's just invariably, you don't have to push anything. The education that they get, they make the choice. We don't have to coerce them in any way. They get the knowledge, they make the choice, and it's the easiest thing that you could do in changing people's lives. And then they get tremendous benefit, and it is very, very rewarding. I always blame Dina for getting us into this. I tell you, she's, <laughs> she's the one that got us started. She invited us in 98 or invited me to go and just take the, just take the CHIP program, right? And uh, when I got through the CHIP program, I'll tell you, it was like Brewster needed to have this CHIP program. Well, let me tell you, I don't have health education behind me, nutrition, any of that stuff. I'm not a, reg a nurse. I'm just a teacher, a has-been teacher. I'm retired from that. And so who was going to come and do CHIP, you know, uh, it, in Brewster? Who was going to do that? And so I went to the church and went to the board and, oh, we have all these people that really can do it. We've got all these nurses. We've got these doctors. We've got everyone. Make a long story short, nothing was going to happen unless Esther was going to be the director. And I just didn't, I mean, I just, Lord, I cannot do this. And one day, I was watching 3ABN. I was watching um, Houghton. What's his Dan. 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 And he gave, he, he said this little phrase, and I don't know whether it's Ellen White or whatever it is, but I had been praying about this. Lord, I can't do this. I just cannot do this. And here it is. It was, God doesn't always call the qualified, but he always qualifies those that he calls. And I just started to cry, and I said, Lord, okay, 
I will do it. And it's been, we've had eight programs so far, and the Lord is blessed. I've gotten to know so many people now in the community, and it has helped me to realize that I can trust in the Lord, and he will, he's there. And the one other point that I want to make just based on what Esther said right there is if you want a program that gets you to interact and to meet people in the community, this is par excellence. It, 75 or 80% of the people that go through our program are people from the community that we would have no other way of interacting with if we weren't doing a health program like CHIP. Absolutely. That is so true. In our little community, we had only about 25 members in our little itty-bitty church. I wasn't sure I could do this program. Our church boards revolved around the pettiest issues you can imagine. Chip came to our town by God's grace into our little church, which I had no idea at the time had a very nasty reputation. They came out anyway. They discovered we weren't out to quotes get them. <laughs> and they, they began to love Chip. Chip became the talk of our little town of 3,000. The restaurant began serving a vegan option. The burger stand started serving veggie burgers. The uh, grocery store started carrying tofu. I mean, it changed our community. And my father-in-law, who didn't like anything to do with Chip, came up to visit us one Christmas. We went to a Christmas program, and half the audience afterwards was just coming up and hugging us and saying, oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm getting through the holidays. And, and Dad says, my word, how do you know all these people? Well, it's Chip. Chip builds friendships like nothing I've ever seen before. So I hope you'll go home and give it a try if the Lord impresses you that it works for your community. Sorry, dear, you got 17 minutes left. <laughs> uh, as a physician, we moved into this little uh, mountain town. Uh, to Dachshundtown, and we were both in the same office. It was really nice because I was uh, anxious to do lifestyle medicine to have some place to refer my patients. So it was very nice to have the CHIP program. And we started out doing it twice a year, uh, did that for a couple of years, and then once a year, and I could refer people in. Small town, as opposed to the Lodi, like the Chens, where they had a huge town. And it's very rewarding to see patients change. As Keith says, those are the most exciting things. Uh, a journey as a physician uh, in lifestyle medicine is, uh, has, it's been an interesting one. I, it's been something I've been interested in since I was young, uh, with my own weight problem. It led to uh, going into medicine and interest in lifestyle medicine, even through medical school. Uh, while on Guam, as has been mentioned, I had some successes in uh, treatment there in the office, one-on-one. -on -one. Pretty interesting. Uh, someone actually willing to make lifestyle changes, and a year later, his diabetes is gone, his blood pressure is normalized, he's lost 60 pounds, and I'm going, wow, it can be done. It was, you know, the light turned on. I went back to uh, Loma Linda University and did an MPH in nutrition, had the privilege of teaching there for a little bit in the School of Public Health. And then uh, we moved up to the mountains, where you've heard our experience with the Coronary Health Improvement Project. One-on-one -on -one in the office, a little bit slow, looking for people who are interested. And it's not very often that you have somebody who's really ready to go. When we ran that into the CHIP program, as we heard, the fir at first, our local Adventist hospital said, oh, we, we won't support that. We can't get people to come out for free. What do you mean four days a week and you're going to charge them you know, $150 or $200? 
We said, okay. I handed Dina $3,000, and I said, okay, make it work. <laughs> and uh, it took two programs to kind of pay that back, but that became the seed money then for the program to grow and go after that, and even helped to fund the uh, uh, development of the Adventist Chip Association as well. So we were thankful for that. I left that experience and went to Lifestyle Center of America. Now it's a whole different milieu of practicing. I understand what needs to be done. People have paid almost $10,000. That's stretching it, but it was close. Okay. They would come halfway across the country for two and a half weeks. They would come in the door, not all of them, but most of them. When I said jump, they said how high. I mean, they were ready to change. They had already crossed the hurdles. What a difference from what it was one-on-one -on -one in the office. The CHIP program had taught me the power of group, I div uh, the group process. I really saw the group process as well at Lifestyle Center of America. When you're dealing in a, an environment like that, when you have a group of people going through together, it's much more powerful than one-on-one. -on -one. Is there some way? I mean, here's this challenge. I have... Uh, one-on-one is a little bit, uh, well, it's not efficient. It, it's interesting when people are willing to do it. Uh, takes a lot of effort. There's the group process and CHIP. Uh, that's good because there's a group process. People go through and it feels good, but you can't make a living at it, right? It's all volunteer. You saw the incredible team, right? Well, then I went to Lifestyle Center of America, and if we were full, we could treat maybe 600 people a year. There's a lot more people that need help than that, but we were at least almost making a living at it, <laughs> and that seemed to be the problem. Without that volunteerism, in order to give the kind of care that we really wanted to care for individuals, uh, we were running two staff members for everybody that came through the program. I mean, why did you think it cost $10,000, see, or, or nearly there? Well, another idea kind of formed with time, and I'm now at Florida Hospital trying to develop that. And as we close here, I'd like to, in the last few minutes, kind of wrap up and, and tell you about kind of this next step, a way to make lifestyle medicine work using group and uh, to get paid for it. Now, I kind of, I, I was, I talked to, uh, at the American College of Lifestyle Medicine meeting here a year and a half or two ago, uh, John McDougall uh, spoke about his experience. He was one of the first docs that actually made a living at lifestyle medicine. And the way he's got it set up, you know, he worked for a while at St. Helena Hospital, and then I'm not sure what the falling out was. I've never really gotten clear on the real reason for it, but he decided, well, it's time for me to go my own way. So he got a hotel. And uh, he and his wife and his daughter have, are the team. They hire people in to do little things, you know, the exercise physiologist. He has a program once a month. He's running a week once a month. And when he runs the numbers for me, he's making 400 grand a year, working one week a month. Now, he answers phone calls. He's personally involved with these people. He calls them within the week, everybody who comes to the program, and follows with them personally, a very active email sort of a thing. There's a, a, a doc that has actually made lifestyle medicine his living, and I was impressed. But I think there's got to be a way where we as physicians can actually do lifestyle medicine and make it pay. One of the phrases that I've often said is no margin, no mission. 
right? <laughs> you really need to uh, make it uh, pay. So uh, the, the model that I am working on now is uh, based on something called digma. Uh, a fellow by the name of Ed Knopfsinger, a PhD psychologist from the Bay Area, developed this program as a result of his own experience. PhD psychologist uh, teaching it or interacting at Stanford and, and uh, uh, some of the large insurance companies, Kaiser and whatnot, found himself diagnosed with what he thought was a terminal illness, what the docs thought was a terminal illness. It was an idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. They told him, you're going to be dead in six months. Well, he would go to visit his doctors, those that he'd worked with and had been friends with and his uh, colleagues with in his profession. As a doctor, he, of course, he sat in the waiting room for a long time. He would go and he'd have six minutes with the doc. And when he left, he'd say, you know, I had questions. You know, it's the end of my life. I, I'm just not getting what I need. So he came up with this idea, developed it, and has now done it clear across the country. He calls it DIGMA, Drop-In Group Medical Appointment. What happens is this, in his model, um, at the end of the day, all those patients that you haven't had time to put in, right, they've called for the appointment and the next available slot is in two weeks or next week, the receptionist can say, well, there's, a, there's an appointment next Wednesday at 2 o'clock, or if you'd like to, you could come in for the group medical appointment this evening at 4. Dr. Knopfsinger recommends between 13 and 20 to 21 patients at a time. Uh, the people all come in at 4 o'clock, they walk into the room, they get their blood pressure, their vital signs taken, they're checked in by the nurse. Uh, when it's time, the doctor walks in. They all sit in a semicircle. There are three people on the team. There's the MD, the uh, kind of the captain of the ship. There is a medical records person, somebody who sits by his side or at least somewhere close by to, or, or his or her side and takes all the medical records as they talk, as, as if he goes over to examine the patient and speaks, that information is put into the record immediately. Once he's finished with that, with one patient at a time now, uh, he then uh, goes to the person who's doing the medical records and makes sure that everything is done correctly, the billing is done, and that chart is then finished. While he's over there, the behaviorist, doesn't have to be a psychologist, just a friendly person who knows how to handle people, said, has anybody ever had, else had a problem like that? How did you deal with it? That is, they take over the, the group uh, while uh, uh, the, the physician is interacting with the uh, medical record keeper. Then come, he comes back, run 15 to... Uh, 20, 13 to 21 patients in an hour and a half. That's the drop-in group medical appointment. Fascinating sort of a thing. Maybe some of you have uh, seen or heard about this in medical meetings. I know it is being promoted uh, more and more. I, I was able to meet Dr. Knopfsinger and appreciated his training. It was fascinating. But I said to myself, why can't I do this with a lifestyle program and charge a medical visit? Each visit is a 99212 or 99213 or even a 214 if indeed that is the appropriate billing. You know, we bill on documentation, level of problems and, and exam and whatnot. So why can't we do that with lifestyle medicine? And so we piloted it first at Lifestyle Center of America and now we're running it at, at Florida Hospital. Uh, I'm excited. I've run three programs at Florida Hospital, two of them in the church, one of them in the clinic. 
The church does better advertising for me. One of the things that I'm working on, and uh, I'm close to it, is actually being able to bill for s services that I provide in the church. My middle management is a little uncomfortable with it. My legal people have said it's okay. <laughs> and I'll show you the papers. I've, I've, I've got them to put up on the screen. Uh, evidence, for example, from Medicare that this is completely legitimate uh, and for my uh, legal team, and then a little bit of the uh, finance on it. Uh, I'm really excited about this next step. The next program we're beginning is in January, and God has opened up the door, so we'll be running this diabetes-focused lifestyle intervention program in the Diabetes Center at Florida Hospital. Now, those of you who have been reading the fine print in some of the news magazines, what is it, Newsweek that comes out with the, the top 100 hospitals in the country? Florida Hospital has been on on a regular basis, especially their Diabetes Center. Uh, Dr. Sam Crockett uh, worked with the American Diabetic Association as an endocrinologist and kind of built this up to a level so it has national standing. And the uh, management has now said, yes, we're willing to have the lifestyle treatment of diabetes as an option. Go on their list so doctors can actually refer to it. My goal is to have, and I would love to see this someday, <laughs> the acute care hospital where... Um, People come with crises. People make decisions to change their lifestyle with crises. And that's where they go. <laughs> Shouldn't they be offered, at, while they're at the hospital, an opportunity to get involved in a lifestyle change program? I want to see a CHIP program running continually. Anybody who comes into the hospital with a heart attack or whatever the heart problem may be should hear about it as an option. You have another option. There's standard medical care. Here's an intensive lifestyle option. For diabetes, the same sort of a thing. Weight loss, I'd like to see the same thing uh, happening on a regular basis. I think this is a nice way to meld the two, acute care and the lifestyle medicine together. And I really would like to see them together as was pointed out this morning. Any questions or comments before I get into how I run the diabetes program? Yes. How about HIPAA? There are, uh, you see, Dr. Knopfsinger crossed that bridge for me. What he did was develop uh, a, a HIPAA form. When people come in, they sign a HIPAA form that says, I recognize that I am not to share any personal information that I hear in this room, and that anybody in the room who's there with me is not supposed to share my personal information. So they kind of promise to do that. Uh, those forms are signed when they come in, and some offices do that um, every visit. Uh, for the diabetes program because I'm seeing the same people over and over again. I just have them do it at the beginning. So that HIPAA form is, is on file. Anybody who walks in, though, you know, we, they're asked to leave. I've had that happen. Uh, church members, for example, we were doing it at the church. Oh, I just heard about it. It was in the bulletin. I wanted to stop. I'm sorry. You can't stay. We have HIPAA regulations. This is. So we, we abide by those, but it is legitimate to uh, upfront tell people this is the risk and we're happy to have you here we want you to be quiet about other people's personal and other people are going to be quiet about yours it's a good point was there another question or comment okay this is how I run the program <clears throat> I have a uh, with the uh, office the hospital uh, wherever it is we have a free informational a free informational as you heard from the chip programs where people come in they uh, 
they see a promotional DVD. I talk to them about how the program works and, and encourage them to sign up. Uh, when they, before they come to the program, I need to get them signed into my electronic medical record. Those that are already in my office, it works very nicely because I've already got them in. If they're coming from somewhere else, I need to have an intake exam. Uh, I'm, the first program, I did them all myself. The second program, I discovered that I had 48 residents. <laughs> so uh, it's good to get them involved. And they've actually developed some relationships, some of them, which I'm very thankful for. So they do the intake to get all the information into the electronic medical records. We start our program like this. The people come in uh, at uh, about 7 o'clock in the evening. And that seems to work best. Uh, there, my office staff has already checked them into the computer as present. And we've worked it out, because I don't want to pay extra office staff to be there at 7 o'clock, is that their co-pays are charged to their credit card by my staff before they leave the office. So uh, the co-pays are taken care of. Yes? They, I tried that at first to do all copays at, uh, all at once, but no, my uh, office staff say no, that's illegal, and they feel uncomfortable with that. So it is charged each the day of the visit. Okay, I thought at first I could get a lump sum and then credit back, you know, to their account, but my my office staff was uh, was very. Um, opposed that, the middle management. Florida Hospital is a nice place to work for this reason. Top management is vision setting. That is, they want to be on the cutting edge of things. Middle management wants to make sure nothing is done wrong. <laughs> so you, you've got the drive at the top to do something new, and in the middle they want to make sure all, every I is dotted and every T is crossed. I appreciate that. I'm very thankful for it because it helps me uh, make sure, and the, and the support that I've had from upper management has made sure that we have what we need. It's been uh, really very helpful. So when they come in, they pick up a piece of paper. That piece of paper has on top a place to put their blood pressure, pulse, and their weight. Now, <clears throat> the goal of diabetes management or heart disease management is to put the patient in charge of their disease. So they step on the scale, they put down their weight. I have an automatic blood pressure cuff. They take their blood pressure, they put their pulse down. I have the three vitals that I, that I need for my billing, okay? And they've written it on the top of their paper. They are also asked to put the sugars from the last two days in a chart at the top of that paper, which is kind of all laid out for them. Then there is a review of systems. All the uh, uh, you know, possible kind of diabetes uh, review of systems is there, and they're asked to circle anything where they've had a problem, and I'll discuss it if, if it's something that's brought up. Then there is a behavioral section, which I run uh, really once a week because I'm trying to do research on this, and I want to know what their behavior ado adoption is. You know, how many days did you have beans for breakfast? How many days did you exercise? How many days did you have a 100% plant-based diet? How many days in this last week did you have no red meat? So this, these, whole, these questions. Then those papers are turned in, and while I, I put in the Wellspring Diabetes DVD lecture. 45 minutes, sometimes it runs 50 minutes. While they're doing that, I and or my resident are taking that information and putting it into the electronic medical record. 
It works out quite nicely. Uh, for me, the maximum number that I've been comfortable with is 15. Uh, it makes for a very interesting dynamic. I can get those into my re medical record in uh, 45, sec 45 minutes. Uh, because I have electronic medical record, I'm able to set up, uh, what do they call these things, kind of templates. So the information just flows right down. Uh, and if the review of systems is negative, it's just a click and it's all negative. So I've got a f uh, easy uh, documentation for a uh, 99213 visit w without even talking to the patient. Once I talk to the patient, then I've got some, at least some contact. I know about their medications because the medications automatically print out. Uh, they've had a chance to tell me about any uh, problems that they may have had, and I've gotten their blood sugars. So all that flows out. Then once that is done, in a semicircle, I will then go around with each individual and discuss their particular sheet. I write notes while my resident, it would be the medical record person, it doesn't have to be a resident, puts the information in, uh, into the chart as we're talking. And then, of course, the chart can be shut down, orders can be done, whatever needs to be done for medication. If you, I didn't have electronic medical records, the sheet that I have is designed so there's a billing place, and I have done this before, this is the way we did it in Oklahoma. There's a place where you mark the diagnosis, the billing code, there's a place for your assessment and your plan, and that can just, that paper can become part of electronic medical record, or your, I'm sorry, your paper uh, record. So I give it to my billing people, my billing people bill off that information, and then put the paper into the uh, chart and that chart then comes around next time. Does that make sense to you? Any questions about how that works? If you stop to think about it, okay, if I see 15 people in an hour and a half charging a 99212 or a 99213, I've made some pretty good tracks. I mean, it's, it's a worthwhile use of time and it's lifestyle. These people are feeding off each other. This last program was fascinating. I had three people who would not exercise. And many of them were Seventh-day Adventists. They came out of the uh, church. Some of them had lived, quotes, very healthy. I'm doing everything right. But there was no exercise. And of course their blood sugars are up. I mean, that's, a, that's part of the piece, right? And the last week of the program, one of the people who wasn't exercising, she'd come in with blood sugars, like in the 300s most of the time. Uh, she had been a real challenge. They were finally beginning to come down, but her weight wasn't coming down because we'd had to start on insulin and her blood sugars were up. Uh, her insulin was up pretty high. Insulin tends to retain weight. She finally figured it out. And she, in the middle of this group, right, she says to the lady, the older woman who just wouldn't exercise, who was so healthy and didn't need to exercise, just really took out on her about how she needed to exercise. <laughs> and I, then I could be the moderator, right? <laughs> well, it ended up that the person that she took it out on kind of thought about exercising a little more, but the lady who chewed her out started exercising. <laughs> and when I saw her in the office last week, she says, my weight's down. I'm down six pounds, finally. And we had to lower her lantus again, right? Because she's finally doing what she's supposed to be doing. So it's a real neat opportunity. It's emotionally satisfying and fun. I've become really good friends with these people. This is, after all, if you stop to think about it, the very same environment that we often think of in a group Bible study, is it not? 
And it's a very easy transition uh, in between. Uh, yes, sir. Are you doing just lifestyle education during that group medical appointment, or are you doing medication changes? I am doing medication changes. I am ordering labs. I am helping to deal with hypoglycemia. I am dealing with... Uh, postprandial blood sugars, that's in the, the, the uh, group medical appointment. If anybody asks you, you have to use the right language because there is group medical appointments and those are billed, I mean, maybe $15 a, a visit. But this is an individual appointment in a group setting, okay? And that's very, a very important sort of a thing. Let me uh, see if I can show that uh, to you. So you can uh, uh, see the legitimacy of it. And then I think we probably need to uh, uh, wrap up. This is from uh, family practice, uh, I think it's called a practice management. That's right, practice management. And uh, you'll see here, I am interested in adding group medical visits to my practice. However, I cannot find anything in Medicare Part B that addresses how Medicare pays for these services. Our group visits... Uh, oh boy, that's going to be a little char uh, challenge for me to get over. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it, isn't it? Are uh, covered by Medicare, and if so, what code should I submit? As uh, you know, Medicare has not addressed group medical visits in Part B manuals. However, earlier this year, the Centers for Medical and Medicaid Services responded to a request for an official answer to the request of which codes should be reported when a face-to-face E&M service is performed in the course of a shared medical appointment, the context of which is educational. CMS official response say that, quote, under existing CPT codes and Medicare rules, a physician could furnish a medically uh, necessary face-to-face E&M service uh, to a particular patient that is observed by other patients. From a payment perspective, there is no prohibition on group members observing while a physician provides a service to another beneficiary. I mean, that's pretty clear, right? The reference, I'm going to put these up on my uh, website. And on the paper that I handed out, you will see my website as aclm-articles.net. And uh, I will be posting these so you can actually get these and print them. Uh, here's, uh, let's see, another one that may be of interest to you is, this is uh, from uh, our legal uh, department there at Florida Hospital that uh, looks at uh, actually <laughs> the lifestyle management program, running the lifestyle management program and billing for it in the church. That's a, kind of a whole new sort of a thing. Uh, can a physician charge for services given in a church? Uh, setting. So this is our legal opinion on that. I'm not going to try to read it here, but I will put it up on the website so you can get it if you're interested. Is that fair enough? Yes. I have been working with type 2, but I have a lot of experience with type 1 as well. There are a lot of people with type 1 diabetes that have, because they've been given too much insulin and too much food, have developed metabolic syndrome or type 2 diabetes on top of it. Those are very challenging patients, but uh, yes, they can be helped as well. And 
A type 1 diabetic can do, is, can do well on these. If they're plain type 1, for me, it's just getting their insulin right. And these frequent visits have been very nice in helping them to understand, putting them in charge of their disease. Thank you. Yes? It's an intensive lifestyle intervention. It's twice a week for two months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you do it uh, once a week for... You, uh, you could, except in my, from my experience, that intensive, that twice a week is almost necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, I'm using this Wellspring Diabetes Program, uh, the videos uh, to do that. The, the contact information for the Wellspring Diabetes Program is also on that sheet. Anybody that feels like they need to go, please uh, go ahead. I would encourage anyone who wants to look at the materials in here to stop by the chip booth, and you'll get a better idea of what the, what the contents of this Sure, is. yes. Do these at 4 or at 7? I tried it at 4. People had a hard time coming. That may be an, an advertising problem, okay? Uh, when I'm running them at 7 in the evening, then it seems to work quite nicely. Yeah, I've, I've had more people at 7 o'clock in the evening. I think once advertising comes up and once I get into the diabetes center, I can tap into the retired group, and earlier in the day is going to be better. Uh, my hope is to have two programs running simultaneously. Uh, it's, on, it's on the sheet that I handed out. Uh, it was the sheet that we put on the seat, and uh, it's www.aclm-articles.net. Now, let me show you one more, which you might find interesting. This is something I did for our insurance uh, to get a sense of what, what the billings would be. Uh, if I'm dealing with an insurance company, they want to know how much they're, they're actually going to have to put out for this and what, they're gonna, uh, what it's going to cost them. It ends up, if I ran through 50 patients, it would cost the insurance company about $42,000. At least that was looking at, the, at these particular uh, charge rates or cost rates. It's what the insurance would pay, actually pay for the tests and whatnot. And then over on the uh, right side here, I have uh, kind of given an estimate of of how much one would make in those two months. That is about uh, $750 per patient. If you had 15 patients, that would be, what, $11,000 of income. So it's a way to add lifestyle medicine to an ongoing medical practice in a way that provides significant and reasonable income for what that's worth. Uh, I, make, I would like to see other people also begin to do it. I think that we're laying the groundwork and uh, would like to make that as easy as possible. I'd love to have my residents uh, doing this. And uh, they are, uh, when they're on service with me, required to come <laughs> and at least do my medical records. <laughs> I've had some that have been quite excited about it. And... Uh, uh, at least one that loves to speak up and tell people what to do. I think she could run the program, so uh, she's doing very well. Any other questions or comments before we let you go? Uh, Dina has one more announcement. Thank you very much for your patience.